0: Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for tuning in with us here on WSIC, here at the 4 o'clock hour. You got 53 minutes and 30 seconds left. Don't don't give up on me. If you're a 9 to 5, we still got a little bit of a sprint until we get to the end of the day here, but I appreciate so much. You tuning in to Dollars and Cents here, presented by North Main Financial, as we give attention to, and perhaps even spark some conversation regarding, items of financial and economic importance. Now, you know, we're going to be talking on all kinds of things. We're going to do it again today. I'm going to name specific companies. You know I'm going to do that. But in doing so, remember that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you, meaning that even though we're going to be talking about these companies, and we may even talk about them in a favorable light or a negative light, but in doing that, again, everybody's situation is unique. We strongly, strongly recommend that you reach out to your tax advisor, to your financial advisor, or if you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial group. Love to hear from you. Love to chat about your particular financial situation and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com northmainefinancial.com we got a contact page on there leave us your information let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you again at northmainefinancial.com but if you'd like to call into the studio here perhaps you got something you've seen in the headlines been a lot of them this week holy smokes there's been a well in my world there's always a lot of them right okay they may not be on your radar they're definitely on my radar screen but if you happen to see one that came across your radar screen and you'd like to chat about it give us a call here in the studio 844 studio 4 that's 844 788. 3464. That's 844 3464 One more time, 844-788-3464 here in the studio. Can't promise we're going to get it on in today's show because we've got a full deck here with what we're uh, going to be covering here in dollars and cents here today. But if I don't, I promise I'll get it. I promise I'll come, up, I'll come back to it on a future show and make sure that we touch base on it because we want to make sure that what we're talking about here on dollars and cents is relevant to you. So feel free to give us a call in the studio if you'd like to get into it. All right. What's hot right i mean that's how we kick it off and that's that that's kind of fun i mean producer bill i mean one, one of the things we could talk about now um and the things that are that are not as hot are our beloved carolina panthers Ooh. Okay. Now it's, um, I think we're beyond the space. Now, you know us here on dollars and cents. We talk food and football as well. I mean, it's, it's, it, we tie it into the economics of things here, but it's, food. it's data points. I mean, data points. We, and, and you got to make the largest number of data points give us the most possibility for making a, a, a well-informed decision, right? It can also confuse you, but it could also make a well-informed decision on that end of things. Carolina Panthers, I mean. We knew the GM was going to go, right? I mean that, right. that that wasn't that wasn't a surprise this week, yes. right? Okay, so uh, so the general manager got let go this week. Of course, uh, we have an interim head coach because we let go of Frank Reich midseason, and well, and the owner might be uh, might be cleaning dishes in the uh, in the kitchen of the NFL headquarters to pay off his fine. He's not doing that. He doesn't have to clean dishes right to uh, to pay three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right. fine. So, but. Um, Queen slate. I mean, I mean how, is that, that's how we have to look at Queen's it. Queen right? slate. I mean, we have opportunities here. Right. That's uh, it. We don't have a first round draft pick, but we have opportunities. Right. Here? Okay. Right. All right. That's how. That's we're gonna, it. That's how we're going to look at it. We're going to bring that up more, of course, because uh, for those of you who are not Carolina Panthers fans, shout out to my Pittsburgh Steeler uh, listeners and uh, and folks there in the Pittsburgh area. The Steelers got in. They had it. They had to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a weave in order for them to be able to get into the uh, uh, the playoffs there. T.J. Watt looks like he tweaked his knee. That's going to hurt a little. Bit mm. literally and figuratively, but um but they got into the playoffs and that's good for them. Bill, you're, dancing. you're 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 a Ravens guy, yes, and uh, and I think the Ravens played the Steelers last week. They did. They and did, and I'm pretty sure that they made the Ravens probably even brought a couple of folks out of the stands. They were right. not. That, they, that's what it looked like. They yes. were they were not going to hurt anybody going in. It was in.
1: a very uh, tense tense time uh <laughs> because my my girlfriend she's a huge Ravens fan. Yeah. And yeah. You know the rivalry, I'm sure. I do. Um, do. She's pretty diehard. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, okay. You know, so they, they they knew they were in. You know, they, yes. they, they knew they had the seed. And, yes. uh, and so, and so they're in there. It's going to be fun. So stay tuned uh, for uh, NFL playoffs if you're inclined to football. And you better be if you're listening to dollars and cents because we talk enough about it here. All right. What's hot? Let's get into it. A lot of things happening this past week. I, I felt like as I was going through the uh, the lineup here, I was being a little bit negative. I, I hope that's not the case. I sprinkle. I actually went back and forced myself to look at some things in a little bit more of a positive light, but we had some things that came uh, kind of came through the machine here. When I talk about the machine, I mean the economic and financial machine here uh, in the US that, uh, that just seemed to be negative. And I'll start with one of them, not because I want to start negative, but because I like to be able to go to a positive after that. Let's talk Boeing. Uh, Boeing, the large aircraft manufacturer, uh, challenging couple of weeks. Boy, I mean, and, and Boeing is a publicly traded company. It's not a recommendation to buy, sell or hold uh, Boeing in any way, but very challenging. If uh, I'm sure you've heard the news with regards to the Alaska Airlines flight, uh, which had a door uh, literally come off of the, uh, the fuselage there mid-flight. And they needed to make an emergency landing. They did. There were no uh, serious injuries as a result of that. And uh, and now there are a collection of investigations going on. Approximately 200, my number says about 230, 240 of these uh, Boeing 737 MAX-9s uh, that are in service right now, 170 of them are on the ground. So if you're one who flies a lot like I do, uh, if you fly a 737 MAX with some regularity, you better check your airline. Line. Make sure uh, Southwest and United are the two, uh, two large carriers who, you, who have the most 737 MAX 9s in service. And so those are going to be the ones that are most effective. Make sure you're taking a look at that. But really why I'm looking at that is because obviously Boeing, publicly traded company, very large uh, aircraft manufacturer, one of the two largest on the planet, the other one being Airbus International Company. But, um, but when you're looking at what that means then as far as Boeing is concerned, still unknown. At, uh, at this point? Because are, are they going to need to address all 230, 40-ish uh, 737 maxes in the year? Maybe. Don't know that yet. What does that mean in terms of the parts and supplier vendors uh, that are, which are, excuse me, which are closely connected uh, to Boeing? Don't know yet. Uh, and, and what is liability? And because there's going to be probably the FAA is involved now, which they should be, of course. And that's that's my opinion. Uh, certainly, you can disagree with that. But the FAA is involved right now because there is a very specific process through which Boeing needs to go in order to be able to start the manufacturing process for these planes. It, it is a very heavily regulated industry. And so, with the FAA involved right now, there's probably going to be a fine of some kind. So, what is that going to mean in terms of profitability for Boeing and for their supplier vendor chain? We don't know at this point. But it's important that you Aware of that, so I say what's hot, not because I'm I'm relishing or or I'm enjoying the fact that Boeing's going through a a challenging time, but uh, rather so that you know and make sure that that's on your radar screen. Uh, and again, not a, not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold Boeing stock, but really so that you know that it's out there. It's certainly hitting the uh, uh, the, the headlines in my end of the universe. All right, pivot a little bit, real estate. And uh, anyway, we've talked a little bit about this. We're gonna be talking a lot about this in the second quarter of today's show as well. Uh, but uh, a lot about real estate here in the last couple of weeks coming across my radar screen. And, and I'm looking at office occupancy. So I'm looking at Class A office space is certainly in the concentration in our urban areas. I'm also looking at, uh, at apartments and apartment rentals and the strength of, of pricing there. Uh, very interesting to see. Very interesting to see because we're starting to see, let's call it a crest, we're starting to see the kinds of things that would indicate that perhaps the the super intensity as far as pricing strength is concerned is starting to cool off a little bit. We're going to be talking about that in the second quarter of today's show, but I wanted to tease that up and make sure that you hang around here with us. Appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial, here on WSIC News Talk Now.
2: keep it right here. Dollars and Cents with Certified Financial Planner Joshua Doby will return shortly on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Now more of Dollars and Cents with Certified Financial Planner Joshua Doby on 105.9 100.7 WSIC.
0: Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter of football reference there today's show. And and I think we have to talk about, you you may get this every quarter, uh, at least for today, because we got a lot of news in in, in the football arena here. I I have to say these kinds of things because, I mean, what does this have to do with economics and finances? When you look at at, uh, Division One, big time Division One football, and you certainly look at the NFL, we're talking about billions with a B dollars associated with these kinds of things. I have no problem at all talking about it. Plus, I like football. So, when we're looking at at these kinds of things, and we look at just the announcements which were made here over the last 24 to 48 hours relative to the time of this live broadcast or the recording of this podcast, if you happen to be listening to it. I mean, two legends of the game, right, producer Bill. I mean, two two legends of the game, one at the college level, Nick Saban, uh retiring. Or I, I don't know if we can say retiring anymore. They, I mean, there there are always opportunities for these guys sitting out there. Sure. Um, so when we're looking at that, Nick Saban, let's say, um, Voluntarily stepping down from uh, from Alabama. Correct. I like the way you put that. <laughs> All right. And I have to say the same thing about Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick on the, at the NFL level uh, with uh, with the Patriots uh, after 20-plus years, six Super Bowls. Gosh, I mean, a lot of success there. I, and again, I have to say stepping away or voluntarily stepping down uh, from the position because I, I can't imagine uh, the intensity of – I mean, whether you're talking about big-time college, professional, somebody, I mean, they're they're paying whatever they want. I I know a place. I mean— Now wait a minute. Are you are you making a suggestion or recommendation to the owner David Tepper about <laughs> I might, uh, I might be, uh, about yes. where we want to, may want to uh, take take a look at a, at Correct. our coach's pool uh, for uh, for the for these options? You're saying or we have, the conversation. You're, you're saying we have an opening uh, right. for, uh, for 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 consideration. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be completely objectionable to either one of those. Right. Uh, it would uh, it would certainly put a, a spark into the system. That's for sure. Either one. It's uh, more
1: uh, hope. That's all I need at, right at, now. That's <laughs> all. That's all we need. Glasses
0: is always half full. Right. You know, that's, that, if you're a fan, that's just the way it is. You're always looking for reasons for it to be half full. So uh, so here's the, here, here's a shout out. If they happen to be listening, you might be listening to dollars and cents here. Uh, Nick Saban, if you're interested, go ahead and give us a call uh, here at the studio, 844-STUDIO-4. I promise that I will provide the phone number uh, for the general line into uh, the Carolina Panthers.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> save, save, save for,
0: <laughs> I didn't want to give the impression that somehow I have uh, David Tepper's cell phone number. I don't. Uh, but, uh, but if you would like the general access line, I could definitely give that to you. Uh, the same one that you could find on the internet with a Google search. Same uh, for you, Bill <laughs> Belichick. If you're uh, if you're interested in listening to dollars and cents here, again, you might be. And uh, if you're interested in the position, again, I can give you the general. Eight, 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 probably, it's probably an eight hundred number, right? Right. Even, even though there's really not toll free numbers, it's probably an eight hundred number of some kind or. That's it. Anyhow, the, uh, the, the the main switchboard, which again, you could find on a Google search. But uh, but if you need it, give us a call here in the studio, 844-788-3464. All right. We're still on what's uh, We were talking about just before we went into break there in the uh, in the first segment, we were talking about some of the office vacancy uh, data, which we are beginning to receive. Also seeing it in terms of uh, the intensity, and I have to call it intensity because for a while there, whether you're talking about class A office space or uh, any and perhaps even more so with residential apartments, the price intensity uh, that was that was in play meaning that if, if you are one who rents and you have looked at apartment rents or if you are one who leases an office space, pr- pretty amazing stuff in terms of price intensity here over the last couple several years. Uh, again, certainly on the uh, apartment the residential apartment side of things it seems like from what we're seeing, Uh, data point-wise, that things are beginning to crest a little bit. Let me throw out a data point to you there. I'm going to use Class A office space. This was in the Wall Street Journal. So uh, if if you're looking for it, Online, you can probably find it uh, through through the Wall Street Journal site. That uh, that these data points that I, that I'm going to reference here next. Uh, looking at forty-year highs in terms of office vacancy. Now, uh, again, forty-year highs in terms of office vacancy. Don't get too carried away with that. And when I say that, it's not because it's not a real number, but also but because it, it just creeped up a little bit from where it was. So it was about nineteen point one. Excuse me, eighteen point nine, and I think I went up to nineteen point six. So just about 20% in terms of uh, movement, but a 40-year high nonetheless in terms of uh, the amount of office vacancy. Now, we can plug and play a lot of reasons why. Some of it is speculation. Some of it may be born in some other data points. But it it is true that we are at a, a relative high point in terms of class A office space vacancy around the country. Now you may live in a space, and, I, and I'm going to I'm going to say Charlotte first because obviously the proximity uh, to where we are, not a whole lot of vacancy, or at least is not at that concentration. At least that's not those aren't the data points that I've seen uh, relative to to the Charlotte region. But when you take in the entire country, obviously there are other parts of the country which are seeing that New York actually is 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 relatively weak right now in terms of office space leasing and office space pricing intensity and. Uh, kind of interesting to see because usually that's one of the ones that's right there at the top of the list in terms of desirability and pricing. And again, we're not talking about a crash out scenario. We're not talking about the kinds of things that would give us concern about where overall our real estate is. But it's a, it, it it is a data point and maybe even a collection of data points when we're looking at we're trying to understand you know how folks are looking at the office space, the professional space overall with their employee base. Now, you don't need me to tell you that things have changed radically here over the last several years, uh, going into the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, in terms of how folks think about their professional engagement, in terms of physical presence, meaning that for so many jobs, you had to be in the office whether it was a cubicle, whether it was in the, in the plant, in the warehouse, whatever it may have been, that uh, that there was a, a demand, there, that not only demand, there was an expectation, there were no negotiations. There was, uh, relatively speaking, you had to be there. Now, maybe in some more service-oriented, some more IT-oriented, uh, information technology kinds of things, you were able to work from home or do so on a hybrid basis. That, that was in place pre-pandemic, no doubt about that. However, when we're looking at it in terms of the pervasiveness of it now and, very interestingly enough, the expectation by a segment of the employee base that that be a part of their... Options to consider. There was another article in the Wall Street Journal here within the last couple of weeks that was talking about that in terms of what employees expect from the employers, and you couple that with it with what still at this point is a very tight labor market, meaning sub four uh, percent unemployment right now, and uh, and you have employers who uh, we've talked about this here on Dollars and Cents. We've we've seen employers who who are needing to accommodate that accommodate that in some instances to be able to attract top talent and that's very been very a uh, very interesting dynamic in my end of the world to see not unexpected but still very in a uh, very interesting dynamic because now we couple that that collection of data points with what we're seeing in terms of office vacancy what does that mean well, I'll say this very quickly, and this is just a sidebar. Completely subjective. It's just my own opinion on things. I'm glad—not that I would, anyhow—but I'm glad that I don't that I don't own some big office tower right now where I'm trying to lease it out. Especially if I'm in an urban area which has less desirability than uh, than some of these other ones. Because yeah, I mean those notes are still due. If you have a more if there's a mortgage on it, almost all of them do. Uh, where there's a mortgage on it of some kind, and uh, those payments are still due. That doesn't go away just because you're not able to lease. It out in the same ways that you were able to do previously. So that's very important. Very important to keep in mind. We're going to be watching that closely. As I said, also we're starting to see some, some. Well, let's call it shifting uh, in the uh, in the residential end of things on apartment leasing. I can't say it's pulling back yet. I really can't. Certainly not in Charlotte, doesn't seem like. And, and we're building pretty much nonstop uh, in Charlotte when it comes to uh, apartment-style living uh, in uh, in the Charlotte region. I don't see it uh, cooling off yet. Maybe it's plateauing. Maybe we're starting to get a little bit of a crest. I don't know. Uh, but it, but nonetheless, we are seeing around the country, perhaps in places that don't have the same kind of price intensity, that, uh, that, that we're starting to see that plateau a little bit. So we're going to watch that. What does that mean for the consumer? What does that mean for our economy? Cost- I mean, there are all kinds of data points that you can spin from uh, from that. We're going to get more as uh, as we make our way through the year, and uh, because when you couple that also with what uh, the, the expectation is of the Federal Reserve, that's going to be something we're going to talk about a little bit later on here in Dollars and Cents, talking about what the Federal Reserve may or may not be doing. Lots of guessing right now, and I got to call it guessing. Gosh, every time I turn around, there's there's some expert on television or radio. Maybe maybe I'm one of them, Uh, speculating on what the Federal Reserve is going to be doing Uh, with regards to interest rates. uh, There are a lot of guessing right now because nobody knows. And even the Federal Reserve Board of Governors doesn't know until they actually get to the space of decision making because data points are changing all the time. There was a lot of speculation going into the end of last year that uh, the Federal Reserve is going to start cutting rates here in the first and second quarter of this year. And you heard me say it here on Dollars and Cents, not to say I told you so. It just it was it was overdone. And and I know there is a strong desire, especially by the equity markets, that uh, that interest rates begin to be cut very quickly. I get it. Right, uh, lowering the cost of capital, more spending, uh, both on a consumer and on uh, and, and a producer level of things. I get it uh, for that. It just doesn't make any sense. We got to get six to nine months into this just to figure out what all these rate hikes mean in order uh, in order for us to make good and cogent decisions uh, economically. It, just, it was we got a twenty-eight nine. Oh, we're bumping into thirty actually, thirty trillion dollar economy. So when we're looking at it and and the, the production intensity that we have here in the U.S. that. There's no way that we could figure that out in 30 to 90 days. It's just not going to happen. Just too many data points, too too much data to consume to really understand what that's going to mean. So we're gonna we're gonna be watching that, especially as we get into the further part, uh, later part of the year. You're probably thinking, well, what do you think in terms of when they're going to start cutting rates? Again, nobody knows. But definitely not, not in the first couple of quarters of this year. Third quarter of this year, maybe. Fourth quarter of this year, maybe. Uh, again, a lot of economic data points are going to have to line up in order for that to be the case. So it's not just an automatic. We're not just going to get to those particular points in the calendar, and that's automatically going to happen. Uh, the Federal Reserve is going to have to look at data-wise. They're going to have to have a reason to cut. And, uh, and and that's not that's not my my commentary on anything or, or whether I think they should cut or not cut or whether rates are too high or too low or that's not my commentary at all they need to allow for a certain amount of experience into the system to be able to make those kinds of decisions well friends i appreciate so much hanging with us here in the first half of today's dollars and cents presented by north main financial we're coming back soon stay with us
2: we'll have more of dollars and cents with certified financial planner joshua Doby following these brief messages on 105.9 100.7 wsic Dollars and Cents continues now. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Joshua Doby, on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC.
0: Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Dobie. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half football reference. And I feel like we've been talking football every segment. I might do that. I mean, even once we get beyond the, uh, the Super Bowl, then, then, then it's the draft. And, you know, a couple of months later, then it's going to be, you know, it's training camp. I mean, producer Bill, I'm just, I'm going to make a reason to stretch it out just continuously pretty much through every week until we, you know, get into the next season. Uh, because we've got to look forward. Especially, if you're, kind of, Fine by me. especially yeah. if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Got to look forward. Not going to look back. Looking forward at the opportunities that we have in front of us. You want to talk about uh, the NFL, big-time college football, or certainly anything that has to do with economics and financial things, call into the studio here, 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464 here in the studio. Now, I feel like in the first half, I was talking on well, not, maybe not all negative things, but, I mean, some things that, that, that maybe didn't bring a particular smile to your face, and I understand that. Sometimes we're looking at economic data points, they either A, not making you feel all that great, or B, putting you to sleep. I get that. So we're going to pivot a little bit here. You know we talk food as well. It's it's, it's football and food uh, in addition to uh, <laughs> and, we, and we do. We tie it in economically to things. Some of the companies I'm going to be talking about here are publicly traded companies. Again, just because I'm going to mention them here coming next is not because it's a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any of them, but we're going to be talking I feel like we're uh, using F-words here, almost an alliteration of what we're talking about. Um, we're talking French fries. Now, now, producer Bill, are you are you a French fries fan? I'm just going to keep using F. I probably shouldn't say that on the air. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, words
1: that begin with the letter F. Uh, are you a French fries fan? Yes, I uh, just punished um, some fries, actually, see. shortly before you got here.
0: Now, are you a crinkle fry person? Are you a skinny fry person? A steak fry? I mean, I'm acting like I'm, I'm an not, expert. I'm, I'm not. I, really I am uh, don't. Yeah.
1: I like them all. See, I do too. I like them all.
0: And, and are you a dip it in a sauce like a ketchup or ranch dressing or some? Or do you just I like them as the hot cum?
1: sauce? See, I'm a
0: hot sauce guy too. See yeah, that? go
1: with the hot
0: sauce. Yeah, I, 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 and and that's why we get along so well. See Indeed. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I I do I love the hot sauce kind of stuff. And and so what we're bringing up here, we're going to be talking about French fries here. And you're like, what does this have to do with finances? Well, a it begins with the you know the letter F. <laughs> and more importantly, all right, these some of these companies are publicly traded so anyhow there's there's a website out there delish.com uh no i don't have any idea who they are and i don't have any idea how they took this poll uh in terms of determining the best fast food french fries again we're just going to keep going with letters that start with the letter or words that start with the letter f best fast food french fries you may agree or disagree And again, I I don't have any idea about the structural integrity of the poll, which was taken here, but uh, since we love to eat here on dollars and cents, we're going to talk about it. So again, uh, there's, it looks like 12, uh, 12 of them, not going to go through all 12 of them here, but, uh, but producer Bill, if you were going to choose fast food, French fries, if you, if you were forced to make a decision about where you're going to go, do you have it? Do you have a go-to? I mean, do you have, I know you guys kind of like Wendy's uh, here at WSIC. So, I mean, is that, is that where you go?
1: Uh, yeah, I, okay. I do love the Wendy's fries, especially okay. now that I dip in frosty. Oh, yeah, see that. So you're going a different direction. I no, go a different direction. Not, than, yes. not going hot sauce. You're actually going sweet. So
0: salty, sweet kind exactly. of
1: thing. Exactly. And that is a great compliment. Interesting. See, yes. I
0: see. I, I like that a lot as well. Uh, number six on this list: Wendy's fries. According okay. according to this uh, scientific or non scientific poll, uh, I have no idea. Uh, I'm about, excited to see where this goes. It's. Uh, I mean, there there are lots of possibilities <laughs> here. So, uh, so Wendy's are definitely on the list, and 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 they call them skin on fries. So I'm assuming there there's not a peeling process on the potato. This is actually just uh, where we, we cut the potato as it is i That's, like it i mean it's very interesting i'm here for it this i'm I'm here for it as well i think this is lovely <laughs> uh in uh, look at this all right so i mean any others uh, beyond wendy's i mean are there any other go-tos that that you have either maybe some known
1: or unknown um, Yeah, i think i just swam through uh yes. some chick-fil-a fries oh, see, pr- pretty interesting. quickly there yeah, um interesting. and mcdonald's the, the arches they get me especially yeah. when they're on point, yeah, they, they're really something.
0: You're just nailing this list. I mean, you're, you really are. But I don't Chick- know
1: if I'm scared about that. <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it says, at least according to these folks, you have good taste. Uh, Chick-fil-A number four. And, uh, and, and they, do, they do segment out Chick-fil-A because they have waffle fries. Correct. Right? So not, not everybody has the waffle fry. And, and even interesting commentary on here, waffle fries may be a polarizing cut I think which,
1: I think that is polarized I, mean, yeah.
0: I mean you got, you got to be pretty intense on french fries if you're talking about being uh, <laughs> like polarized the words, right? uh, by the cut of the potato um, but it says here we can all admit that chick-fil-a does them very well so very interesting so number four and uh, and then you went to um, arguably one of the most well-known uh, out there with in terms of McDonald's and at uh, number two. According okay. to this uh, list, and uh, and the, and a very interesting commentary. Uh, we'd uh, we we would uh, be delusional. I'm, I'm not sure uh, what, what that means. I don't know who we are, <laughs> uh, but we would be delusional if we didn't place McDonald's near the top of the list. So obviously some affinity uh, for uh, for McDonald's and uh, and and their French fries. Um, they're still sad that they swapped out the beef. Tallow, boy, that's a throwback. Wow. Uh, that they swapped out the beef tallow for vegetable oil, but at least carnivores and vegans alike can now enjoy them. Very
1: interesting. This is a Pulitzer article. You're, I mean, you uh, got it. This, it, it's intense. We
0: take food very seriously, around here. You know it. that. I mean, there, there, there's the, there's very this, this is serious business uh, on there. Very interesting in terms of who the number one was, and I, like I said, I'm not going to go through all twelve here, but very interesting in terms of number one, and uh, and I have had these before, and I think I think they're quite good. Now I like a seasoned French fry, so. I do, I like, do Yes. I do like when there is some kind of dry rub seasoning mm. style uh, on there. And these certainly have that. Uh, checkers or rallies. So okay. Checkers and rallies. I have not
1: been to a checkers in quite some time.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how many of them are, are around here where we are at uh, at the studio here in Studio A. Uh, but, and they actually call, say, we have a dark horse winning first place. So checkers or rallies, depending upon where you live, the fries at this chain are beer battered. Love that. Mm. Beer battered and seasoned. Seasoned in a savory, salty, spice blend. I mean, I, I don't know. After beer battering and savory, salty, spice blend, I don't know where you go after.
1: I that. mean, the alliterations like continue. <laughs> it's it, it just, it's
0: just nonstop. It went from F to S, you know, in in, uh, in terms of our word starts. So uh, they're they're crispy, flavorful, satisfying. Uh, there's a reason they bag their fries and sell them in the supermarket freezer aisle because they're just that good. So again, um, very important kind of information here when we're talking here on dollars and cents. Uh, because yes we're talking about things financial but we also talk about food and maybe a little football as well so mm-hmm. all right let's keep moving here so we're talking uh, let's let's pivot to the kinds of things that we that we need to know uh, and we call this segment what to know and uh, and I'm bringing the this next segment I we may spill this over into the fourth quarter I promise we're going to talk about the markets and, and and hang hang with me here we'll talk about the markets but I also want to talk about this because we have seen this um, adjust we've had a lot of conversations about this with clients here over the last three to six months or so and i'm going to bring up this idea about what to know uh, with regards to homeowners and auto insurance now whether you rent whether you own uh, meaning in terms of an apartment or a house so you may have a renter's policy uh, or you a tenant policy or you may have a homeowner's policy certainly if you have a vehicle of any kind you have an auto uh, policy either on your car or on your truck uh, that um that provides insurance coverage for those uh, those entities. So if you rent, you're you're covering your contents inside of, of your rental. If you own, not only are you covering your contents, uh, and you covering your your home, your domicile, whether that's a condo, a townhome, a single family dwelling, and then with regards to auto and uh, truck insurance, covering your vehicle, not only in terms of damage, but also in terms of liability. And you also have probably have liability coverage on your tenant policy and on your homeowner's policy. I'm bringing this. Up up. A, because it's important that you understand what that means to have it. You probably already are familiar with those kinds of policies. But B, because it's we, we've seen it a lot here. It's, it's all around the country. Now, it's concentrated in certain states, uh, what I'm going to say next. But we have seen a lot a lot of premium increases here over the last several months. And I'm saying that not to alarm you or not to raise concern, but to say that we're seeing this across the country. And it's especially concentrated in two primary areas. One, our large urban centers. So the New Yorks, the Chicagos, the Miamis, the Los Angeles of the world, we're seeing a heavy concentration in terms of rate increases there. And then also those cities which are located on the coast. So whether we're talking about the Atlantic coast, talk about the Pacific coast, if we're talking about the Gulf Coast there in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, whether we're talking about those kinds, we're seeing a lot of intensity in terms of premium increases. And when I say intensity, I mean, we're talking upwards of 15 20 25% year-over-year increases that's important. That's important to keep in mind because it impacts your budget. I mean, if you're looking at your home or you're looking at, if if you're renting, you need to cover that stuff from an insurance standpoint, because you have to think about it this way. What if I lost it all? Whether you're renting the space, you're talking about your contents, whether you own the space and you're talking about your contents and the structure itself. If I lost it all, uh, you would want, I believe, to have some level of insurance coverage to be able to cover off on part or all of that loss. And that's why this is so important. This, 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 touches on just about everybody, uh, certainly with regards to vehicles, when you talk about auto insurance, truck insurance, if you're a small business owner, covering your vehicles uh, for your small business, uh, if you have vehicles associated with your business. I mean, it, it's a huge, huge item to keep in mind. And so we recommend, we, we deal with it at, uh, at North Main Financial Group. You may have an agent as well who deals with it, but very, very important that you take a look at it. I know it's not racy or exciting. I get it. It's not the kind of thing that's, you know, is the cool thing to talk about at the cocktail party. I get that as well. However, it's very, very important, especially when you have a large increase, that you understand, A, why it has happened, and then, B, is it something that is worthy of considering other options? And I'm not encouraging encouraging you to change carriers by any stretch. Not at all with what I'm saying here. But just be aware of what the other options are out there for you to consider. You especially want to be mindful, Because there's a lot of this out there. We see this a lot. That that just because it's a lower premium doesn't mean it's a better policy for you. I'm going to say that again. Just because it's a lower premium doesn't mean it's a better policy for you. As it may be a lower premium, it's because possibly, that there is a reduction in the amount of coverage that that, that particular policy is giving you. So you want to make sure, you want to be very careful about that because you hear it all the time, right? If you watch television for about 10 minutes, there's probably going to be a commercial on there with somebody talking about homeowners or auto or truck. So I'll say, save you, you know, 10 minutes saves you 10% or 20 minutes save you 20. I'm not saying those are right or wrong, good or bad in any way. What I am saying is make sure you understand what it covers, So important. We have this conversation a lot with folks, and I talk to other folks who are in the property and casualty insurance business, and I talk about that. Most folks don't understand what their policies cover until it's too late, meaning that when they have a claim, and when they actually go to make a claim on the policy, then they begin to understand what it covers, and in some instances, it doesn't cover what they thought that it did. And that's very, very important. So, the time to consider it is before those kinds of things happen. Too late after it already happened. You can't change midstream if you're trying to make a claim, but you can do that before a claim experience. So, make sure you understand what your car insurance covers, what your truck insurance covers, if you have a small business, what what it covers there, what it doesn't cover. It has a list of exclusions as well. So, you want to make sure that you understand what that is and then to provide or to seek, rather, that balance between the premium that you're paying and the coverage that it offers. Very, very important. Something we do at North Main Financial Group all the time as part of our review process, taking a look at it, making sure that folks understand what they own. All right, folks, well, we're going to rapidly speed into the fourth quarter here. Appreciate you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial.
2: Dollars and Cents, with your host, certified financial planner, Joshua Doby, continues straight ahead on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. We're back now with more of Dollars and Cents with your host, certified financial planner, Joshua Doby, on 105.9 100.7 WSIC.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Fourth quarter of today's show, flying by here. I mean, we're talking about really serious stuff. I mean, we're talking about the Federal Reserve. We're talking about uh, those things that have to do with real estate. And we're also talking football and French fries, which uh, uh, during the break, uh, producer Bill brought to my attention that uh, that I didn't mention one that I probably should, and you may or may not be in agreement on this, and that's okay. I won't think any differently of you, but uh, but five guys, five guys French fries. Now, and I and I, and I know this has nothing to do with the segment, but in addition to the French fries, I mean, I love those hamburgers, and I'll, I've had hot dogs too. I mean there's just nothing there that I don't like. Starts with an F too. I mean uh, I mean what else is it? When there? it fits it fits. <laughs> <laughs> it I do I absolutely love it. And uh, and they they they're one of those ones that comes if you haven't gone to five guys. It, they come in uh, in, in a, a paper cup. And they're always overflowing out of the cup into the bag and soaking into the bag. Oh my
1: gosh! Oh, you good. paint a pretty picture. Oh yeah. my gosh! You got to you got to chill out now. Mm. I'm hungry all over I, again. I am. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I I I can dive into that uh, with with reckless abandon. So Five Guys French fries as well. Again, not a recommendation to uh, to go to Five Guys. <laughs> go to Five Guys, but boy are they good. And in, uh, in my opinion, all right. Fourth quarter here. We're talking about. Where the markets are, I promised you we'd get into it here. And, and I would be remiss. And uh, and as I mentioned uh, during Good Morning LKN, which by the way, if you haven't taken a, a listen to Good Morning LKN, Monday to Friday, 7 to 9 uh, here, uh, we've got Mamie who started with us uh, at uh, at the at the first part of this year uh, coming in with uh, with producer Bill and Justin. Great addition to the show. Listen to that. Monday to Friday, 7 to 9, Good Morning LKN, all things local. Great show. And I they, they allowed me to uh, to chat with them a little bit here this morning. And we were talking about a number of different things, but among the things that we talked about uh, was, uh, was the Bitcoin ETFs. Now, I don't usually talk about Bitcoin primarily because up until I guess I should say today, tomorrow, uh, that uh, it hasn't been a securitized asset. I'm not going to get into the, the nuances of securitized assets. Basically, think about them as something that trades on an exchange, a publicly traded exchange. And, uh, and so, I haven't talked about that because from a licensing standpoint, I can't whenever uh, it is not traded on an exchange in terms of recommendation or for, uh, for buy, sell, or hold. But, uh, but now that there's going to be, as approved by the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, which trade on the spot price of Bitcoin? What that means is basically the the point price or the price in the moment of uh, of Bitcoin. I have to mention that, and that's going again not a recommendation to buy, or sell, or hold Bitcoin. It's uh, it, it, but it's something to keep in mind. Right now, I believe the approval process includes upwards of eleven uh, different ETFs. Very interesting, uh, meaning co- uh, covering different coins as well. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what the volume intensity is. Because often, and this isn't just true for Bitcoin, I'm talking about pretty much uh, everything, that there is a significant amount of buying and selling intensity up front with something new. And that tends to level off. Now it levels off in different places for different things. Sometimes it levels off very high. Sometimes it uh, levels off very low in terms of volume intensity. It's going to be very interesting to see among these eleven—I believe it's eleven—that have been approved uh, by the SEC for trading on public exchanges. It's going to be very interesting to see which ones have the highest uh, of volume intensity. I mean, and, and I say that not because I think that others you know, are good. Some are good and some are bad. And frankly, I don't know yet. But it's going to be very interesting to see not just what the upfront intensity is, but what that intensity is going to be over time. And uh, there was actually some speculation, actually, from Grayscale, one of the entities uh, in the mix. And I have to mention a couple of others as well, so you don't think I'm recommending a Grayscale. Uh, Fidelity has one out there and vesco has uh, has, has one out there uh, there are several others as well uh that uh, venec i know has uh, has one that's out there so there are a whole collection of, of entities that have some out there but uh, but there was some speculation there may be some consolidation that we're starting out with 11 and we may get to fewer because of a need to provide maximum liquidity among the, the trading entities meaning that you want to make sure that there's enough liquidity so that you can buy and sell as you desire with thinly traded kinds of things or things that don't trade as much, sometimes it's hard to buy and to sell usually it's not all that hard to buy frankly but it's a lot harder to sell so just interesting speculation and it is speculation at this point we don't know until we get into it but uh but definitely do need to mention it again not a recommendation to buy sell, or hold uh anything uh, that has to do with bitcoin etf but very interesting to see it and so certainly we're going to be watching that kind of thing All right, market-wise, where are we right now? Interesting start to the year. I mean, pretty expected in terms of weakness coming into the first week of the year. Uh, Then we kind of turned around a little bit. And certainly in the technology markets, and I'll I'll raise my hand quickly if you're watching us on the socials here. Uh, Surprising. Very surprising, especially in in the more aggressive end of the technology market. Some things really continuing to do well. Uh, Very surprising to me uh, because we had such a good year last year. No, it's early. It's very early. We say that about the Carolina Panthers all the time. It's early. You know, don't get carried away uh, with things. I'm going to say the same thing about the markets as well. Don't don't get carried away on uh, where things are. We still got a lot of road to uh, to run here. I'm just going to keep using metaphors for the balance of the No, I'm not going to do that for the balance of this segment. We do. We got a, we got a lot of space ahead of us. A lot of road to travel to uh, to see what uh, what actually the market flavor is going to be of this year. So I don't want to extrapolate too much based upon just a couple of days of trade on a relative basis. But it has been interesting to see that. So what do we see going forward? I think I mentioned to you in the previous segment, I'll say it again, uh, with regards to the Federal Reserve, because so much moves based upon interest rates. Uh, Whether you know it or not, it really does. Uh, I don't anticipate at this point that the Federal Reserve is going to cut rates before the halfway point of the year. I just don't. And, And I say that not because that's particularly scientific, but I am using historical data to look at that. Uh, just to get to the six to nine month mark, roughly speaking, beyond the last raise, uh, meaning the last time that they raised rates, uh, would get us to the halfway point of this year. And when you're looking at an economy of our size, when you're when you're looking at the size and breadth uh, of our economy, uh, it it takes at least six months. We, we're probably closer to twelve months at this point because of the size of our economy. At least six months, though. For us to have any kind of even remotely complete picture about what the raising cycle actually means. I don't think we have it yet. I think we're just beginning to see the front ends of it. Uh, I think that has to do with what we uh, talked about a a segment ago with regards, or two segments ago, with regards to the real estate market. I think we're just beginning to see what that means there. Does that mean I think the real estate market's going to crash? No. Don't go out there saying Joshua saying that's good. No, it's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, Because we still have, especially on the residential side, we still have ridiculously low inventories. So that has produced some pricing strength, even as... The buying intensity has slowed, meaning the number of transactions have slowed. But because there are so, there's such a low inventory, we haven't seen a real big pullback in terms of pricing. So, uh, so again, a number of, of variables, both in, you know, both in going in both directions. If we're going to think in very binary ways, which of course it never is, but in terms of understanding and conversationally, it's it, we got we got uh, variables pushing in both directions. So we're not. We're not going to be able to understand for at least another several months with any kind of relative completeness. You never understand it completely, but even in terms of relative completeness, what that's going to mean for the consumer. And you hear me talk about the consumer all the time. Very, very important what the consumer is doing, where the consumer is spending. Does the consumer feel confident in terms of how they're spending? Is the consumer more reserved in in his or her spending? Because that's two-thirds, three-quarters of our economy. We are a consumer-based economy, and so it's very, very important. So we're watching that very intently here. Uh, what, you know, where are they at this point? Got some conflicting data. Frankly, I don't think that the full effects of the of the uh, raising cycle have been felt yet. And and you add into that some other, let's call them headwinds. Uh, certainly with regards to student loan, federal student loan payments coming back online. Whether we're talking about. Um, the mortgage rate increases, auto loan increases. It does that cool. Those markets, we're starting to see those kinds of things. Uh, I'm, I'm watching travel because I, I'm, a, well, I'm I'm watching the more discretionary end of things because that's where you tend to see the harbingers or where you begin to see the beginnings of uh, the movements in one direction or another, meaning that if folks feel very confident, uh, the more discretionary ends of the economy tend to be the ones that move first. And uh, they also be, they tend to be the ones that move first whenever folks are pulling back so I'm watching travel I'm watching investment property I'm watching homes in the mountains homes at the beach kind of thing you know where folks have maybe a second or third home you know where is the pricing there because that tends to be impacted first before say primary residences or primary automobile kind of things so so we're watching that very closely in terms of understanding where the consumer is but that's what's on on my radar screen here at North main financial as we're, as we're looking at what may come next so so when we're looking at that market wise that and we're looking at, at what may come, uh, again, yet ahead of us here. I think it's important to be reserved, especially if you had some big winners. You heard me talk about this last week. I'm going to say it again. Very, very important because the market, and that means investors, think in straight lines. We do every cycle it's amazing it's an amazing phenomenon i've been doing this 28 coming into 29 years plus i'm only 34 years old i don't know how that works math, math i'm not 34 years old quite a bit older than that but anyhow 28 coming into 29 years in this business and we do we we the investing public think the same way in every cycle it's amazing uh, we, we do the same things over and over and over again. And coming out of a of a hot year in the more aggressive or technology end of the markets, there is extrapolation. You can see it in the buying intensity. I mean, it's not me just postulating about what investors are doing. We actually see it in where the volumes are. We actually see it in terms of the speed of transactions or the buying intensity of certain entities. And, and it's still in the technology, the big cap technology uh, end of things. That's where we're seeing the intensity. We're not seeing it in the more, let's call it, value-oriented ends of things. We've seen a little bit of flutter up here to uh, to start the year, so some things like pharmaceuticals, oil and energy, financials. We are starting to see some uh, some more buying intensity there, but definitely in in the more aggressive end of things. It hasn't given up at this point, and it's been very interesting to see. So we're we're going to watch that closely because it's usually in those kinds of spaces where folks get comfortable, where the market is prone to a pullback. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility, and that's where you want to be prudent. That's where you don't want to think in straight lines when you're looking at your portfolio. All right, friends, let's. Uh, Let's do a real quick, quick recap here. As we get to the end of this week's version of Dollars and Cents, talk, talked about where we were as far as the overall, um, or, or, or where we're seeing certain companies make certain moves. You know, we got we got Boeing out there. We've got office space out there. We're going to be watching it, real estate. It's going to be interesting to see how this uh, really makes an impact in our economy. And then with regards to the overall markets and and looking at where the consumer is, what the market um, pivots may be here during the year, and to make sure that you're positioned to Well, friends, thank you so much for hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents here on WSIC. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.